0: Welcome everybody to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. That's right. it is back. It's been a long time, but I am officially back. So I just wanted to say hello and uh, if you if you don't know who I am, I am Josh the Merck Rainer. Uh, I run a site called Merck with a movie blog and it's been it's been a while since I've been on here for uh, to talk about some Schmodown. Uh, so I want to kind of talk a little bit about that before we dive into what, uh, the main crux of this episode is going to be. Uh, so, uh, last year, uh, my father passed away and, uh, you know, it took a big toll. And so I tried to push through, I tried to keep doing, you know, a lot of, you know, things, uh, including this show. Uh, but about halfway through the year, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and so I, I let it go, you know, I wasn't sure, Uh, if I was going to come back or not, uh, I hoped that I would, but, uh, I am now, you know, it's been about a year and a half since I did an episode. So I apologize if I'm a little rusty, but, uh, I'm really excited to get into, uh, everything, uh, to do with the Schmodown, you know, we got season nine, uh, the, the reboot season coming up, which I'm really excited for season eight was fantastic. I didn't do a single episode about season eight. But it was fantastic. You know, uh, I, I know a lot of people didn't like the virtual, but I think they what they did with it, I thought was, was very well done. And they managed to put out some amazing matches. Uh, and we did finally get to get, you know, back into uh, some studio and live event spaces later on in the year, which was fantastic to see. So, uh, but yeah, as you can see by the graphic, by the title of this video, I'm going to be talking about, the schmodown awards for this year the nominations have come out so i wanted to dive into those a bit and give my my picks uh maybe i'll be able to sway some people maybe not Uh, i mean i was swayed earlier today even before uh doing this recording uh i changed one of my uh one of my picks uh and, and one of my picks i didn't even decide on until about a half an hour ago so uh It'll be interesting to see how it all goes down, uh, and I'm excited to to talk about it with you guys. And if you're out, if you're out there watching live, you know, feel free to leave some questions or comments uh, in the chat. I will be uh, looking at those throughout the uh, episode. All right, so uh, I'm just gonna go in reverse order from the way that Christian had posted them. I feel like that's just the easiest. I didn't I didn't want to go and like try to reorganize. Uh, th- this works for me. Uh, So first thing I want to talk about is the Yodi Award. You know, this is uh, an award that it celebrates a a competitor who has done amazing things throughout their career. Uh, You know, it started off with Mark Yodi Riley. Uh, The Shire Wolves have gotten this award. Kevin Smets has gotten this award. Uh, They gave it to Schnepp after he passed away. And, Rightly so the outlaw John Roka, uh, is getting the Yodi award this year. He retired at spectacular. He had his last, uh, last ride match against Dan Merle. Unfortunately, he did not win, but you know, this guy, uh, John Roka is one of the big reasons that I got into the Schmodown. Um, I started watching it because of, uh, you know, seeing Christian and, and Mark Ellis on movie talk with John Campia. And that match, again, you know, John Campy and Dan Merle, that's what brought me to the show. But it was John Roca that made me fall in love with it. And so uh, I was really happy to, to hear that he was going to get it. Part of me was really hoping that this year we would get two Yodi a- uh, Award winners because I really wanted to see Jeff Snyder get uh, a Yodi uh, as well. Unfortunately, that did not happen. But uh, I do think the right man was chosen for this award. All right, next. This one is near and dear to my heart. It's something that you know I, I you know hoped to get at some point in my career. and that is the Schmodon Media Award. This is uh, for the podcasts that are out there that aren't that, that don't have like uh, Schmodon competitors as part of their uh, main cast, their main uh, talking crew. And so the nominees for Smodon Media Award we've got let's get ready. Uh, spin from the real uh, ultimate schmodown after show, a certain point of view, and Me the money all fantastic shows. but I gotta say there's one on here that I've watched quite a few times and have, uh, have loved everything that they have done and that is a certain point of view. Um, it's a it's a fantastic crew that uh, over there for all the stuff that they do. They're extremely knowledgeable, you know, I mean, all of these podcasts, they really are. But there's something about the crew at uh, a certain point of view that just really clicked with me. And so for me, that is my definite pick. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys uh, are picking. So feel free to leave uh, in the comments who you uh, would like to see get these awards. I'd love a little back and forth dialogue. All right. The next one we've got here, we've got baby face of the year. A lot of great choices here. We've got Nikki Melanta, Brendan, the kid Meyer, Janine, the machine, William Bibiani, and Beth may Beth may. She was hilarious. You know, uh, I, I loved seeing her uh, Bibiani, He's somebody who's always uh, been one of my favorites. You know, the J- Janine had a great season, Brendan Meyer is great, but for me, my pick has to be Nikki Melanta. She came in like a firestorm, man, just tearing through that tournament. And she did amazing at uh, Spectacular. And she always did it with a smile on her face, you know, and... I don't know what it is about her. She's she's a fantastic competitor, has a great personality, and she's the one that really stood out to me. And so, uh, like I said, babyface of the year for me is going hopefully to Nikki DiMolanta. All right, so you have baby faces, you gotta have heels, you know. And so for heel of the year, the nominees are uh Chandru, Rick Raddis, Mike Kalinowski. Gold Leader and Bobby Gucci. Uh, now some great choices here as well, uh, but to me, there's only one that really stood out, and that's Chandra. Now I don't care for that character. Um, I don't know the man, so I can't judge that. I can just judge the character, and I don't. I don't particularly like him. However, he managed to stay on everybody's radar throughout pretty much the entire season, getting under people's skin like you wouldn't believe. Like There was points where the line was starting to blur for me where I'm like, I can't stand this guy. But he knows what he's doing, you know what I mean? He knew exactly what he was doing, playing everybody like a fiddle. And it was fantastic, you know. I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta show respect where it's earned, and Chandru stepped up his game this year, I think, and so for me, he deserves heel of the year uh, for that reason alone. All right, then we've got faction of the year. We've got uh, the nominees being the uh, the Finstock Exchange, corruption, the Quirky Mercs, the Usual Suspects, and the Dungeon. You know, some great choices here. But to me, again, there's one. And I know that some people are going to disagree with this choice. Because uh, it seems to be a battle between two uh, in, in the fan community. It seems to be between the exchange and corruption. But I think that corruption was the superior faction this year. Not only did they win the the faction tournament like the rankings they 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 scored the most points and they got that 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 championship the faction championship they also walked away with two defending champions at the end of it all not just winning it but defending it at spectacular you know so to me that is uh, some of the biggest point givers in in when i'm trying to figure out who i want to give this to Now, Gucci did great, you know, he had the dossier, you know, he had some amazing rookies who did some amazing things, but there was a lot of missteps there, Uh, they weren't able to really capitalize in the end, and to be honest, Gucci wasn't around a lot either, you know what I mean? So uh, to me, that affected who I was going to choose, so it's absolutely 100% corruption for the win here. All right, now we've got Match of the Year. This is this is a big one. We've got Andrew DiMolanta versus Alex Damon 1. Corruption versus Shazam. Mike Kalinowski versus Robert Parker. Mike Kalinowski versus Chandru. Janine the Machine versus Marisol McKee. Thomas Harper versus Nikki DiMolanta. Paul Thomas Hauser versus Mike Kalinowski. Dan Merle versus... Uh, Uh, Adam Collins, two, uh, deception versus blackjack and Shazam versus the otter couple. Some fantastic matches here. Absolutely. Uh, there were really, I was torn here. I was torn between two. Um, and I hadn't made my choice until earlier today. Uh, and I was torn between, uh, Alex Damon and Andrew DiMolanta, uh, and Mike Kalinowski versus Robert Parker. Those were the two. That I was torn between, um, Kalinowski Parker was incredible. You know, six rounds of sudden death was my favorite match of the spectacular. However, Melanta versus Damon won. It was it was a level above in my opinion. Um, Andrew finally fulfills his destiny to become the Star Wars champ here. Uh, Alex did not make it easy. You know, they pushed through seven rounds of sudden death. With a final score of 5150, it started that whole 5150 trend that we saw in a few, you know, I think that I think three matches. I want to say uh we saw that score. But that match was incredible. Alex Damon was the GOAT of, of Star Wars, you know, and almost undefeatable. You know, he I think he'd only lost his very first match ever, and then had been on a streak not losing. And then Andrew Melanta comes along and he just takes that away from him, you know, in a incredible incredible match, uh one for the ages. Uh this is the kind of match that I think if you're if you're trying to get somebody who's never watched it into the showdown, somebody who loves Star Wars specifically into the Schmodown. this is a match to show them because it's incredible. Uh, and and I hope that it's something that's talked about for for years because it deserves it deserves it. So yeah, absolutely. Andrew Dimolanta versus Alex Damon won uh, match of the year it, it, it is that, that that is my choice there. All right, we've got feud of the year: Merle versus Roca, Kalinowski versus Chandru, the Dimolantas versus Alex Damon, uh, Bateman versus uh, Paige for and gold leader versus Thomas Harper. This one I was torn on. Like, I didn't, I wasn't sure. You know, these are, these are all good feuds. But most of them didn't really stand out to me. It wasn't until, I think earlier today, really, that something kind of popped into my head that, because I saw one of these competitors continuing this feud. Still working. It's still still grinding through on this feud. And that is Paige Fabretti and Ben Bateman. Paige still going at it. She managed to up the level of, of a feud, I think, this year by really kind of digging in at somebody who is typically known for being the instigator. And she was the one coming out on top. And she lived up to it. You know, she came in wanting to challenge Ben Bateman. And she finally got that chance. And she lived up to all the talk that she gave. She took him out. And she is continuing to rag him. And it's, to me, that's a that's a true, that's a feud right there. You know, Roka and Merle, we've seen that for ages you know it's a great feud but i don't think this year specifically was anything more than the others you know so you know it it was surprising even to me because i didn't think that was where i was originally gonna go but page for bready versus uh, uh ben bateman that is my feud of the year all right we've got podcast of the year now this is a little different then the Schmodown Media Award uh, Podcast of the Year is uh, for shows that include uh, Schmodown competitors and, and, and things like that. So uh, we've got the Schmodown Rundown. We've got Beyond the Schmodown, Schmodown Backstage, uh, Machine Mondays, and A Certain Point of View. You know They've got different stuff going on uh, over there. Now, the Rundown is the whole reason why I started my show in the first place. You know, Brad and Frank do f- amazing stuff over there and they've won several times in the past and backstage is fantastic as well. Uh, I've, I've loved what, what's, uh, what happened, what has been happening over, over on that show. You know, it's a very different compared to, compared to the rundown, but I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. You guys may not like this, but. I'm still going with a certain point of view. It's something about the way they do their shows, uh, the the camaraderie that they have, the banter back and forth. To me, it stands above the rest, even though, you know, the rundown is like, that's like the, that's the show. You know what I mean? It is, it is the, the one that everybody knows because it is the Schmodown's official after show. But I'm sorry, guys. I think that certain point of view is doing better stuff, you know, and that's just the way it is. You know, with greatness comes great competition. And uh, when you're at the top, there's only one place to go, and that is down. And for me, they've gone down while a certain point of view has gone up. All right. Next up is the upset of the year. Now, several of these I was blown away with. Um, most a couple of them I was not super surprised, but we'll go through the list. We've got uh Janine defeating Dan Merle, Paige Fabretti defeating Ben Bateman, Ale- uh Andrew D. Melanta defeating Alex Damon, Nikki D. Melanta defeating Alex Damon, and Press Room defeating Danger Zone. Now, I again I was torn between two. On this one, uh, I was torn between, uh, Nikki versus Alex and Janine versus Dan. Uh, I went with Janine versus Dan Merle mainly because I don't, I don't think that the Nikki Alex one was as big as a, of a surprise to me, at least. Um, I mean, if you look at the, if you look at kind of the stats going in, th- Alex was one in two in his last three matches, you know, for, so he's one in two for the season. Uh, Nikki, she was running undefeated. Yes, it was only two matches, but still she was on that high of, of being undefeated. You know, she, she's that star rookie in the star Wars league coming through. Um, you know, can she, can she go pull through the ranks and, and get up there and, and match up with Thomas Harper, you know, uh, she's, you know, Andrew Melanta is her husband. So like we have this, you know, we have the, the champ and then we've got you know, the champ who, who recently beat Alex Damon, you know, and then his wife who has an amazing amount of knowledge, you know, but we've only seen her in two matches prior to this. However, like I said, it wasn't as big of a surprise because she's to me, she felt like she was going in with a full head of steam with with the most ability to plow through uh, Alex Damon, uh, who is still, you know, still, I think, probably the GOAT. We'll see how that goes uh, next year because Thomas Harper is knocking at that door. Uh, But I don't think it was as big of a surprise as Janine and Dan. now, And nothing against Janine. I absolutely love Janine. I have been a supporter of hers for a very, very long time. Uh, The, the talking Schmodown logo, she designed that uh, for me. So when it came to her, I was hopeful that she would, that she could win this, but it's Dan Merle, you know, Dan Merle, he is the goat going into this match. Dan Merle was 20 and seven. Like that's, Impre- like that's incredible, you know, he, he's the goat for a reason. And so when Janine, you know, had, had, cause she had just, I think, I think it was the match before had just beaten Mike. And like, that was, I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. But that one wasn't as big of a surprise because, you know, we've seen, you know, I love Mike, but we've seen him falter before. I'm pretty sure it was last year. Uh Perry did the same thing to him. Unfortunately, he has some bad luck when it comes to to the singles tournament it seems um but going up against Dan I feel like almost everybody just assumed it was going to be Dan you know that's that seems to be the way it goes but Janine was able to sneak out that win and just blew so many brackets out of the water it was to me it was incredible to watch you know and to me it it elicited the most emotional reaction as well, because I wanted her to win so bad, but I, I was doubtful and I'm sorry, Janine. I was, you know, cause it's Dan, but I was so incredibly thrilled when she did because she deserves uh, to have her, 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 her comeuppance, you know, she's an incredible player and her record doesn't show that, but she, she truly is. And I'm hoping that she can continue that into season nine. So uh, yeah, Janine defeating Dan Merle takes upset of the year for me. All right. So we've got moment of the year. A lot of great ones uh, going through this past season. We've got uh, Kevin Smets returns at Spectacular 6. Great one. Uh, Marisol McKee wins the title. She's the first woman uh, to win the singles championship. Uh, Andrew D. Melanta versus Damon 1, scoring 51-50 in sudden death. Mark Canopic returning and winning the title, and the Wildberries reuniting at Spectacular. Some amazing stuff. Both of the uh, Wildberries and the Kevin Smith ones are incredible. They, they just made the ending of Spectacular that much better. But I'll be honest, to me, the one that stood out the most, the one that I think holds the biggest impact, is Marisol winning the title? You know, this is a player who people had a lot of hopes for, okay. And she didn't quite get it done last season in season seven. And so when she comes in and she just starts plowing through people, it's like, okay. And we get this little mini title tournament thing that they did, it's like an unofficial tournament, and she wins the title she beats uh i believe it was ethan irwin and i i was like holy shit yes because i had been rooting for her to win this title i wanted to see not just because you know she be, you know, would become the first female champion but because i think that she has so much incredible potential just like just like like, like Janine, I talk about you know how much potential she has. Marisol is like that for me as well. Um, and, but seeing her take out one of the best in the game, and then go on to uh, defend it and everything, and, and you know, and get up to spectacular and everything, it was incredible. Um, just that moment sticks with me. It's, it, a w- way above the rest as far as, you know, a singular moment goes. You know, it, I don't know. It, it changed things to me, you know. It was, it, it's not just a moment. It is important, you know what I mean, for the, for the progression of this game. And I think the fact that she was able to then defend it, you know, it proves that she's not just a paper champion, as people like to say. Uh, but she absolutely deserves it, and so uh, moment of the, that was my moment. You know, it. I feel like I had some of the, I had what they what in wrestling is called a pop. I had the biggest pop when when this moment happened. Uh, it was seconded to probably Kevin Smets, I'd say. Um, so it was pretty close there for me because uh, Smets is he, he. I've been waiting. You know, he finally he's finally clear to the cancer. And, and now he's coming back and it's going to be an awesome season nine. And I'll guarantee you, he's going to make some incredible moments next year. So, or this year, I guess, technically, because we are in 2022. All right. Now we've got comeback player of the year. We've got Janine, the machine JTE, uh, Andrew D Mar Kanopic, and David Del Rio. They all did amazing stuff. You know, uh, Mara coming back in and winning the title. That was fantastic. JTE going on a great run in in teams. Andrew D. Melanta, you know, winning and defending the, the star Wars championship, all great stuff. But to me, Janine, the machine is the comeback player of the year. She had such a rough couple of years. And to see her come in And just do as well as she did in that tournament. It just blew me away. It it proved everything that I've been saying for the last few years about her. And that she has the potential to win a title. You know, she has that potential. And I think she'll get there. I absolutely do. And the fact that she was able to go up against, like Mike Kalinowski, go up against Dan Merle and win... And go on this on this run in the singles tournament. To me, that that screamed comeback player uh, of the year. And I am I'm hoping that she can win this one because I think it's well well deserved. All right, we're coming uh, up to the rookie of the year. A lot of good rookies, you know. So many, probably the biggest rookie class that we've ever had in the Schmodon, I'd say so, and so many of them. Did incredible things this year. So, the nominees are uh, Griffin Newman, Thomas Harper, Nikki DeMilanta, uh Amaru Moses, and Josh Horowitz. Uh, so, some amazing players here. You know, Josh Horowitz came in, uh, was able to do extremely well in both singles and in teams. You know, the uh, they the, him and Perry. Even you know took out Danger Zone, you know two of the best players in the game, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, you know Amaru did some amazing stuff in in geekdom. Nikki Di Melanta obviously did some amazing stuff, uh, but it, for me it came down to two. It was between Thomas Harper and Griffin Newman. And even though Griffin Newman did not win a title this year, he is still who I think be, uh, deserves. The rookie of the year. I was really torn between this um, until I, until earlier. I saw somebody lay out all of Griffin's accomplishments. Okay, now Thomas is amazing. He went. I believe he's six and zero in Star Wars. Defended the title twice or once. I don't know, but he has defended. Um, but. It's one division. First off, Griffin Newman. I'm going to read a little list here of of some of his accomplishments. Ten straight wins between two different divisions. Uh, he went seven and zero in singles and three and zero in teams before getting to spectacular. Won both the uh, m- the main teams tournament and the uh, singles tournament. The, the two big the major tournaments of the year first rookie to ever do that second player in history to do it uh he had the third best performance overall at the free-for-all was only knocked out because of uh table clear i believe it was uh jacob blunden's uh, table clear it was like him and 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 bibiani and and a few other people who got knocked out i believe uh leads all other rookies nominated in tkos and, and ko's uh, had a title shot in two divisions, first rookie in history, says, and uh, headline spectacular as a rookie. He's the second ever to do that. And for all of these reasons are why I think he is the number one choice. He is the rookie of the year. And like I said, if you had asked me this like a month ago, I think I would have said Thomas Harper. But then you lay everything out like that, and yes, even though – he couldn't close the deal that spectacular. He put on amazing matches there and everything else that he did, I think is what does makes him deserving of rookie of the year. All right. Now it's time for manager of the year. We've got Koi Jandrew, Bobby Gucci, Sam Levine, Kaiser, and Shannon Barney. Now I know a lot of people, you know, are saying Bobby Gucci, you know, he put together the dossier. He had some amazing rookies. And he did. Absolutely. But putting together a team, it, being manager of the year takes more than just that. So, sh- my, I'm going to tell you right now, my pick is Shannon 100%. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Shannon brought corruption to, Uh, a win at the end, an overall faction win again, two years in a row. She managed to get two titles on her team and defend them at spectacular. That's huge. Okay. She made an amazing uh, uh, draft trade at the beginning of the year. She's smart. You know, she's incredibly smart and I feel like not enough people, Talk about that. She is incredibly smart. You know, she managed to get, she traded, I think, two picks to Kate to get Marisol back. And look what, what that got her. Marisol is the champ, and she is the defending champ. And another thing that puts, for me, that puts Shannon over Gucci, is that Shannon was always there. You know, she was there for her team. At every moment, Gucci. However, I I understand he's doing things, but there were so many times where he wasn't there, you know. And he's not great as a digital manager. Now, maybe if this was all in studio, maybe things would have been different. I don't know. He's a much better in studio, like a lot in live, in person manager as we have seen in the past. But I think the digital format kind of kind of did him in, uh, and all of those reasons combined are why I think Shannon Barney is the obvious choice for manager of the year. Uh, if you're if you're not being biased in any way, for looking at the facts, if you're looking at how everything went down throughout the year, she's the pick, and that's that's the bottom line. <laughs> All right, now we got Team of the Year. So uh, the nominees are Corruption, Lightning Time, King Arthur, Shazam, and Danger Zone. Uh, My choice is the same as it has been for the last year or two at least, probably the last two years, and that's Shazam. Shazam is my my favorite team. They are. And uh, I I made sure when I did my fantasy draft, I got William Bibiani right away. He was my first pick because uh, he's one of my favorite players and Shazam, like I said, is my favorite team uh, in the Schmodown. They went on an impressive run and and wound up with the title. you know the, you know they have the titles uh, they got they, they won the titles from I think it was technically the Otter couple, if I'm not mistaken uh, because Andrako had had left and everything. Um, and then they kept it, you know, they, they defended and everything and and they never lost these titles and they played amazing. I mean, some incredibly high point games this year. I mean, they had at least one 51 50 game. I'm pretty sure they had like a 54 40 something kind of game, uh, as well. It's like 54 47 or 53 48 or something like that I think so they were able to just demolish you know and show exactly how good of a team they are they work incredibly well together so that's why for me it's it's 100% Shazam all the way going through team of the year all right we've got a handful uh left i think there are four categories left uh, we're gonna start with uh, Star Wars Player of the year this one it's it, to some people it seems obvious and to others you may be torn and I was a little bit torn here because uh, you know we've got we've got Laura Kelly gold leader, Nikki D Melanta Andrew D Melanta and Thomas Harper on this list. Laura Kelly, I love her. She was my first Star Wars pick for uh, the the fantasy draft that I did this this past year. Like, I I had such high hopes for her, and I still do. I think she will eventually get a a title, um, and hopefully soon. But she, unfortunately, she, she wasn't able to, she just wasn't able to do it, you know? Gold Leader did great stuff. He won the first Star Wars tournament of the year, he got to the finals of the second. But again, wasn't able to, to close the deal. Uh, Nikki did great stuff. You know, she went on a run, you know, got up to spectacular. Unfortunately, again, wasn't able to, to close the deal there. But she did great. So then you've got Andrew Melanta, You've got Thomas Harper. Two uh, of the best, if not the two best this season. Um, Andrew you know, won the title, defended, did some amazing stuff. And then we've got Thomas Harper who went undefeated and uh he, yeah he was 6 and 0 uh and did a lot of great stuff as well so it was real hard for me okay i was going back and forth all day today about who i was going to pick and i wound up going with thomas harper now thomas harper went 6 and 0 this season uh he beat gold leader who had just won the, the first star wars tournament of the year a lot of people were, uh, you know, had high hopes for Gold leader and he did great. And I think he, he is, uh, most likely a future champ. He really is. Then he went on and beat Andrew for the title. You know, Andrew had, had beaten, uh, the goat. He beat Alex Damon and then defended. He beat him again, you know, and that's not a small feat. It's really not. And so being able to then Beat Andrew, and then go on to beat Nikki, who did an amazing job in in the the, the second tournament. You're running through that uh, at spectacular, winning that, defending the title, and keeping it there. I think he's the. I'm pretty sure he's the only player to ever go undefeated like that. To go six and zero. I know that. Alex Damon won six in a, in a row, but he had also lost his very first one. So, even though, like the Thomas Hopper is tied for uh, you know go you know for streak for longest uh, streak in Star Wars, he's still undefeated, and no one's gone done that. No one's gone that far undefeated. And if he can win one more, he will beat out Alex's streak record. And I think if he can defend again, if he can win his next defense, I think that might put him up in the echelon of, like, in the talk of being the GOAT. You know, Um, I think it's at least possible. It all depends on how he does next year. If he can go on a run, if he can win a couple, if he can defend a couple times, 100%, I think Thomas Harper becomes the Star Wars GOAT. Uh, and that's why I think he, he is the choice here for Star Wars Player of the Year. Uh, he he just did phenomenally. You know, you can't you got to look at the record, and it, it was amazing stuff. You know, he uh, <laughs> he. I think that's as, as simple as I can make it. He he did amazing stuff. All right, now we've got Inner Geekdom Player of the Year. I'm so glad I'll be. I, I'm gonna say this real quick. I'm so glad that they split these two. I, I remember it used to be uh, inner geekdom slash star Wars player of the year, because, you know, there wasn't as many kind of a thing. They just kind of lumped star Wars in there. Cause there wasn't as they didn't do as much with it back in the day. I'm so glad that it's separated. Now it kind of lets, lets both of those divisions breathe. It gives them their, their own chance to, to get, get some, some accolades, you know, and I really like that. Uh, so we've got Mark Kanopic, Mike Kalinowski, Robert Parker, Amaru Moses, and Chandru Dandapani. I mean, honestly, it's Mike. There's no one else that it should be. It is Mike. Mike went undefeated this season, 5 and 0 oh, this year, and had three defenses. Nobody in Intergeekdom has done that. Three defenses. Nobody thought he could do it. And guess what? He did it. I'm going to, instead of calling him Mikey three belts, he's Mikey three defenses. I don't know. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well, but there you go, Mike. You got three of something. And, you know, he may not have done as great in in teams or in singles, but he destroyed it when it came to Intergeekdom. And that's why he is the one and only choice for Intergeekdom Player of the Year. All right, we've got two left, and it's the two big ones. We've got Singles Player of the Year and Overall Player of the Year. So we're going to start with Singles Player of the Year. We've got Dan Merle, Griffin Newman, Marisol McKee, Ethan Irwin, and Janine the Machine, great picks here uh i mean janine did you know a great job uh, i don't think singles player of the year though uh, you know she she had a great run she's definitely a comeback player but wasn't able to really push as far as, as need be for something like this ethan irwin same thing he kind of fizzled out toward the toward the end uh, of the season i think in like october he kind of fizzled fizzled out Griffin Newman did amazing stuff, went seven, seven and one in singles. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Dan Merle, I mean, he is the GOAT. But again, I mean, he he didn't make it through the tournament. He made it through like halfway through the tournament. I think that's a big, a big thing. So it, to me, it came down to Griffin and Marisol McKee. Okay. Griffin went seven and one, couldn't, couldn't get the belt. Marisol went 7-0, only lost at at free-for-all. It was her only loss. I mean, it's obviously, it's not technically counted, but they both lost because they they both lost at uh, at free-for-all. But Marisol managed to get a title, defend it, and stay undefeated this season. Now, if Griffin had managed to get a title, like if he had been able to beat her at, at Spectacular... This may have been reversed. It probably would be reversed. He'd be be 8-0 with a title. But that's not what happened. So for me, it's Marisol all the way. Marisol is the singles player of the year. Her singles run this year was incredible. And it's something I hope to see continue going into next year. All right. And then we got player. Overall player of the year. It's very different from a singles player because we're looking at everything. So we've got nominated. We've got Marisol McKee, Griffin Newman, Mike Kalinowski, Ethan Irwin, and Thomas Harper. I said Thomas was out because yes, he went undefeated. He won a title. He defended, but it was one division. Okay. Yes. It's a very tough division in general, but it's still, it's one division. And for me, I think you need to do a bit more to get overall player of the year now like i said that's why he got star wars player of the year but i not, overall player of the year i don't think so i just it's not there ethan did great i think you know he he won a title uh this year but again like i said he faded out way too way too early in my opinion to to be considered for this award i don't think he did quite enough you know in both Teams and in, so he did three divisions this year. He did teams, he did uh, singles, obviously, and he did intergeekdom. And he fizzled out uh, in, toward the end there. And so, unfortunately, I mean, if he had been able to kind of ride through the end in, in at least one of those divisions, then maybe, but that didn't happen. Uh, Mike, he, like I said, he is the intergeekdom player of the year, hands down but he didn't do great in singles or teams. Really? You know, they had, he did some, you know, he did some good stuff, but not, I think you need to be a bit more well-rounded, even though, you know, he, he won and defended three times that inner geekdom title when undefeated in inner geekdom this, this year. It's the rest of it. That just wasn't quite good enough. Um, and Marisol, Did amazing in singles, obviously. That's why I picked her as singles player of the year. But she did not do very good in teams. Now, so that leaves Griffin Newman. Now, yes, Griff did not win a title. He lost both title matches at Spectacular. However, if you go back to what I said when I talked about rookie of the year, 10 straight wins. In two divisions teams went undefeated up to spectacular three and oh singles went undefeated up to spectacular seven and oh. It had the third best performance in the free for all. I mean, that has to be included. You know, you have to, that has to kind of be taken into account. Uh, the, the, as I said, leads all other rookies in TKOs and, and KOs. That's a big thing too. That means he's playing at top level. You know, he's getting his points. His his opponents they might not be, but he's getting enough. He's getting a high enough amount of points to where he's able to get a knockout or a TKO. He he managed to win both tournaments. That's not something that happens often, if ever. I don't even. I think he's he's the first rookie to have a title shot in, in two divisions, um, and he's the first rookie. Yeah, he's only the second player in history to ever win both major. Tournaments. So that's a, that, that is probably the biggest factor here for me is winning both of these tournaments and not just like squeaking by really, he was like, he had some amazing matches, amazing wins. And so to me, that, that whole career moment that, or that, like the career movement that he had throughout the season It screams player of the year, even though he did not win. And I know some people are going to love that pick. Some people are going to uh, really not agree with that pick. But to me, and I was, I'll be honest, I was not expecting to pick him. You know, my, I was thinking originally that I was going to wind up picking Marisol. But then when I saw like i said when when we were i was talking about the rookie when i saw all of the accomplishments laid out like that it it just opened my eyes to it and yeah man it, it's it, it, <laughs> i don't think there's anybody else that it really could be now you can make arguments for some of the others but i think griff is the one who succeeded the most and not, not just in gameplay, but look at his character work, too. We're going to take that into account as well. Look at his character work. He did some fantastic stuff with, with, between being Griffy Nooms and Artie Nooms on teams. It, he did amazing, amazing work when it came to his character. On top of all of his in-game work. So for all of those reasons... Griffin Newman for overall player of the year. He's got my vote. I'm going to be putting in my vote tonight after I record. I'm going to lock everything in. That is where it is. So there it is, folks. Uh, I'd love to hear all of your thoughts. Who did you guys pick? Who are you hoping to see win these awards? Um, Thank you for uh, for all you guys who uh, tuned in and for all who will tune in, uh, you know, on future uh re- you know future viewings of this. It's great to be back. I'm so excited to uh have talking show back on the air again and to uh to get ready for season 9. This reboot is going to be something else. I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope that you guys are excited as well. So, uh be sure to uh follow me uh, on uh well right here if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh please hit that subscribe button. If you like the video, please hit that like button and click that little bell. So you always know when I drop a new video, uh, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, like me, follow me there. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I'm on Twitter at movie blog Merck that's at movie blog Merck. Uh, you can also check out my site Merck with a movie blog. I'm going to be doing more reviews, uh, coming soon. That's my new year's resolution. Uh, to be doing more reviews, I'm also going to be doing video stuff. Um, keep an eye out. I'm going to be putting out a video uh, covering the first four Scream movies before the new one comes out. Uh, I just watched all of them yesterday, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a video uh, kind of breaking down my thoughts on those four movies. It's gonna be fun. I'm excited to talk about, it. especially uh, it's gonna be interesting to talk about Scream Three. I have a lot to say uh, <laughs> about that movie. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, follow me on Twitter at movie blog, share this video, uh, out there in the world. I would love that. Uh, and always be, uh, willing to come and talk to me about movies. You know, uh, I love chatting about all things, movies and TV and, 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 all kinds of stuff like that. Also be sure to check out, uh, some of my other shows. I've got a wrestling, uh, podcast with my brother, John, it's called off the ropes with John and Josh. Uh, that's, uh, on all the social medias we've got, uh, we've got Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. We've got an anchor page, a Patreon, all at off the ropes, JJ. So be sure to check that out. Um, you can check out my stuff on DC comics news at DC comics news. I'm the editor in chief over there. Uh, as well as, uh, my, uh, how I met your mother podcast called last call at McLaren's. I do that with my brother, John as well. Uh, on Twitter at last call H I M Y M that's last call H I M Y M the video, uh, for that podcast is done right here on Merck with a movie blog. So like I said, click that bell, you will get all the notifications that you need. So again, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait, uh, for the next episode, uh, of this, uh, and you know what we have been talking schmodown.